we welcome you back to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. I am Dan Canobio. He is Chris Algieri. We are ready to roll after a weird, wild weekend. Ronnie Jerez is here as well. He's got a camera on him, so that means something big is planned. Um, we'll get to the weekend of fights. We saw all sorts of fights, all shapes and sizes. We saw middleweights. We saw uh, Australia fights with Tim Zhu. We saw misfit fights. That kind of took over the sporting world. And also at the end of the program, we will talk to Ronnie, um, who watched Rocky 2. So this is like one of the biggest shows in the history of this program. What's up, Chris? Yo, what's going on, guys? I'm, I'm very happy that Ronnie is uh, joining joining the space with us today. For you listeners who don't watch us, we got we got Ronnie Jerez's face on there now. We got, yes, we got there the he pretty is. boy in the group. Say something. Uh, I'm usually the voice of God. Yeah. You know, just no, no face, but... Um... I had to make an appearance. Yeah, time. those of us, those of you, God who, has a face. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Those of you who have watched the earlier days of this show. Ronnie had his own little square in the bottom right. Yeah, but then he got too busy. Like I can see him editing something else right now. But then also, it I didn't have our show back back then. I also didn't have much input. Oh, well, but now I, you know. But now I kind of know a little bit more. So then, like you know, now you yeah. know about Janabek. You're, you're a year dude, into your boxing journey now, dude. Yeah, like I know about Janabek and uh, Eubanks of Eubanks. the world. Okay, wow. Come on, Edit an S. <laughs> what is your favorite fighter uh, since been following for a year now? I mean, there's a lot. Um, love. Uh, I really liked Errol Spence. Yeah. When when we went, Errol Spence was my guy. I mean, you still then, can like him. I still can. Uh, oh the, yeah, no, very likable guy. The luster isn't there thought, as much. I thought you were gonna say Tiafimo because we we went to the Dude, fight. Tiafimo's a dog, man. Tiafimo's a dog. Yeah, he might man. be coming back early next year against Ryan Garcia. Yep. In a way, I mean, I'm the biggest In a Way fan. You are a huge In a Way yeah, fan. He's fighting. Knew, I knew, we know that about about Jerez. Need him like, in the, need him in the states. In a Way's coming back, uh, December 26th. So. A lot to get to. That's a good fight. Yeah, that's that's on our list here. Let's start with what we saw over the weekend, Chris, and that was some middleweight action. Um, Janabek steamrolls Vincenzo Galtieri, who might be the worst champ in the history of boxing. Like, how did this guy get a belt? He put up zero resistance. He did nothing. Janabek at times looked like he was toying with him. Could have went for a knockout, which is frustrating. Um he did get the stoppage, but he could have had like a, a sensational stoppage, I feel like. But Janabek wins another belt. He's undisputed at middleweight. The division we know is a joke, but let's take a deeper look at it and try to find like some solutions here and try to find some positives. But Janabek steamrolls Gautieri over on ESPN. Yeah, I um, I like Janabek, and I've called a lot of his fights. I actually called a lot of his early fights on undercards for, for uh, top rank, and um, I was really impressed. I liked what I saw. I didn't really like what I saw the other night. He did what he was supposed to do with what he had in front of him. Gualtieri, uh, is, it's, it might be an understatement that he's the worst in history. Like it, it, he almost definitely is. I mean, he 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 brought nothing to the table, um, and he just he didn't even try. So, but listen, Janovic did what he was supposed to do with that kind of guy. But they're making the comparisons with Triple G. Stop. The only comparison there is for Triple G and and Janabek is that they're Kazakhstan. Let's say Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstani, excuse oh, me. Nice. Um, got it. Say that three times fast. But uh, it, it, absolutely beyond that, nothing. Listen, you put Gualtieri in with Triple G right now, <laughs> he goes two rounds. Have you seen some of the pictures of Triple G? That they're trying to shame him. He's like um, retired. So, first of all, they, they the, the pictures, you can't see anything. He's wearing like kind of like a baggy shirt. Yeah. He's always had kind of a big midsection, even when he has abs. So, like, I don't know where they're getting the idea that he's like this big fat guy now well even if he is just let him live i mean the guy dedicated yeah, like him. a third of his life to boxing and he, he maybe put on a few pounds when he's been inactive come on but yeah i agree like uh Galt i think triple g would piece up Galtieri. um what the heck was that but, but back to janabek i would have liked to seen him step on the gas pedal a little more like you already have this like fake boogeyman um narrative that top rank and espn is pushing um if you want to get the audience engaged you want to get the attention of the boxing world uh, and let you know that you are the best middleweight among uh not the greatest competition get a spectacular stoppage he would land one punch back out you know he was toying with the guy get a big stoppage he, and he fought off his he fought off his back foot he needed to stay in the pocket and beat that guy down the guy had seven knockouts anyway it wasn't like he was a puncher so why not take that time he's predicting he said in his interview that this is Janovic. i am i am quoting him I want a highlight reel knockout of the year type shot. 
Okay. How are you going to do that fighting off the back foot, dude? Right. With a guy who's not throwing punches at you. So change it up. Go forward. Pin him on the ropes. The guy put himself on the ropes half the night. So, you know, unload him. Stay in the pocket. Don't jump back so much. I don't know. Again, I'm, I am I was I am high on Janovic, but I did not like what I saw on, on Saturday. I thought he kind of did a lot more um, for him who's making a case that he's the boogeyman. He's the guy. I'm taking the Triple G route. It certainly didn't look like it to me. The Triple G route is not the greatest route. It's like, all right. 35 years old, finally get your big fight with, with Canelo. I, 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 you're right. The only similarities are their home, our home country, not um, not really their fighting style. Uh, Triple G stalked. He prayed and he knocked you out and he. But also, got Triple G was super likable. Remember, remember, he had uh, you know the Mexican style and blah, blah, even blah, if it things. was yeah. fake. Yeah, it was totally whatever, whatever. He was likable and he smiled and like people liked him. Um, but yeah, this guy's not the same thing. He's going with all Kazakh style. It's like, okay, we don't care about that here. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta stand out. You gotta build your brand. And like, like I said, that performance is not, is not going to do you any favors here for the American public. Well, he did pick up another belt. So he has two of the middleweight titles. One of them came from an elevated title. Uh, the other came from beating, uh, Gualtieri. So he hasn't really been collecting them in a in an impressive fashion. He's kind of like the guy, the only guy, and he has top rank behind him at, at middleweight. But I want to put together, or I did put together a top five at middleweight. Uh, mm -hmm. This is like, you know, sincere. Like, I'm really trying to put together five names here because um, it's very easy to make jokes about the division. Yeah. Five names. I really <laughs> sat down and was like, really, like, all right, that's, that's enough with the jokes. And yeah, it's a barren wasteland and all that. It's not your dad's middleweight division. But Janabek, number one. Let's see if you agree with me. Adame's number two, which is just saying a lot. Three, Eubank Jr. Four, Lara, and I have Charlo in there at five out of respect, despite that he hasn't fought in three years. And what uh, I'm missing? I definitely agree. I definitely agree with uh, one and two. You had Alunkaluli and Adamas, right? Number yes. two. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Adamas is a is a very very dangerous guy. Um, so yeah, and then you had Eubank, Lara, Charlo, and. And Charlo, I actually I'm not putting Charlo in. He's been out of the ring too long for me. Right. Um, and I don't I don't know if he's ever going to come back. And if he does, if he's going to come back at 60, so I can't I can't rank him there. I'm going to rank my guy Dervinchenko. He's going to he's going to be my number five. Always reliable. Always reliable, there. Fight everybody. Tough as hell. You, to get into the top five, you got to get past Dervinchenko. Like he's he holds a good a good place at that number five um, even now. Lara is similar, very, very similar. The, the two of them are kind of similar type guys now, except obviously Lara's been a multiple-time world champion and Dervinchenko hasn't. But at this point, it's like if you're going to get into the top and be be a guy who's going to vie for titles, you got to be able to get past Lara. And that's not an easy task. Neither one of those guys are easy, Lara or Dervinchenko. And then, yeah, Chris Eubank did look damn good against Liam Smith. So, yeah, that, that, that third spot does make sense. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, I got definitely, definitely got um, – my one and two, it's the same as yours. Yeah, I think it's Janabek Adamas, and then the rest of the pack is so you got to just, you know, figure out three, four, five, or kind of slop together some names. But, you know, even the one, two, I mean, we just talked about Janabek, and we're not super high on some of his um, his techniques or, or what he's doing in there. You know, it seems like he's getting that push from ESPN in, in top rank. So he is what he is, Janabek. I think he's the best guy in a bad division. Adamas is a career 154 pounder, but he's. Seizing a moment, you know, he's seeing that middleweight is kind of barren. I'm gonna jump up there. He's got a few good wins. Uh, his last couple of fights, Eubank, um, was knocked out just a few months ago and has spent his last few months. Um, uh, he beat he, he did get the uh, eventual loss against uh Smith, but since then, he's been calling out Canelo at 168. So you got a guy in, at 160 who doesn't even want to be at 160 in, in Eubank, and then Lara has, has had one fight every year since 2019, one fight a year. Uh, and his last one was in 2022 against Gary O'Sullivan, who was beyond washed. So Lara's not really a serious guy. And you have Charlo, who hasn't fought in three years, who I think could be the X factor here, but there's so many ifs with Charlo. I know he's back. He's with Ronnie Shields. He's with Roy Jones Jr. He was in Vegas. We saw him there. He was looking not really great. You know, like uh, he's, got, he's got a lot of problems. We know about Charlo and his mental health problems. He's gave an interview and he laid them all out, but he says he will be returning and he's supposedly returning against Benavidez's brother, uh, Jose Benavidez. Um, at the, by the end of this year, I think it might be actually be on that Benavidez card against Andrade. 
But Charlo, that's one, well, that, that's 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 coming up pretty quick. That's uh, yeah. November twenty fifth. That's okay, supposedly so. the rumor. Charlo is fighting again this year against Jose Benavides I'd be surprised. Jr. That's that's soon. Yeah, I mean, I, you, I, we saw him in Vegas. He didn't look he didn't look great. He didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, you'd be surprised about anything with Charlo, but he is the uh, WBC champion still. Somehow, he's an American fighter with a name. Um, he could fight Janovic in the unification. And he could fight Adamez. Um, hey, listen, it don't could let, fight let's Lara. Not forget about Jermel Charlo. He might not go all the way back down to fifty four. He might see how how weak this division is and be like, hey, "Let me go pick my middleweight title." My brother, my brother ain't doing shit. Let me let me come back here. I don't want to go all the way down to fifty four. I can pick up a middleweight title. So, and then he becomes a major player. I yeah, think. that's if, what... if Jermel if Jermel were to not go all the way down to fifty four and then stop stop off in the middle at one sixty. Yeah, he with the with the group of guys that we're talking about. Yeah, he's a major player in there. That's what the division is. It's like all right, if a couple guys from one fifty four move up. Like Tim Zoo, which we're gonna get to next. Like if he goes to middleweight, then it's interesting. Or Charlo goes to middleweight. But here's the thing: like, why you're going up to a division that there aren't any big names or, or money fights? Like, so why why are you going there just to be the king? Titles, just to be the king of a legacy. weak division? Or are you gonna go and find where the big fights are? Like Charlo shouldn't go to 160. He should go to 154 and fight Zoo. Well, so being the king of a weak division, Bernard Hopkins made his career on that. He was the king of, a, of the middleweight division at the time when it, when it wasn't particularly strong. There wasn't really any names. And he capitalized on it afterwards by fighting the names and, and you know, moving up and, and finally getting finally those guys like, like same thing here to Trinidad moved up. And he got the you know, he moved up from 47 to 54 to 60. And now yeah. you got to fight for these titles. And then that's what was that's what really made Bernard's career go to new heights was that Trinidad fight. And it was it was a guy coming up. You know, so uh, yeah, c controlling a weaker division is not a bad idea. Right. I mean, there's legacy to being a world champion. Once a world champion, always a world champion. Um, to, a unified champion is a big deal. We're seeing more and more of it. And yeah, hold 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 that division until one of those names comes along. I mean, it, it, this is boxing careers are marathons, not sprints. They could do that. There's guys like Elijah Garcia, Ammo Williams, are some younger names that were thrown around to me. I like Ammo a lot. Yeah, those are guys that could. Talented rise up pretty fast, pretty quickly um, in the middleweight division. We brought up Tim Zhu. He also fought this weekend. Uh, did you stay awake for that one? Because it was 1 a.m. East Coast when they were getting in the ring. I was working CompuBox for that, so I had to be up and alert. I thought Zhu looked good. Did you watch? I did too. Yeah, I, I, I watched. I think I fell asleep around 7 or 8, and then I, I finished it on Sunday morning. It was it was late because I was watching the ESPN fights prior. But, um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I, I like Tim Zhu. I like him. For a lot of reasons. I like the way that he fights. I like his mentality. I like how mean he is. I like his interviews. I like his interview style. He says all the right things. He's like, he wants to fight the baddest guys around. I I, I love that. And uh, yeah, I thought he put on a very workmanlike performance. Um, he's He is a very tough, methodical, efficient pressure, pressure fighter. And he's got good technique. He's physically strong. He changes up speed really well. He's got he's got quick hands, man. Uh, I interviewed Tony Harrison a couple weeks ago, and he said the number one thing that surprised him about fighting Tim Zhu was how fast his hands were. Right. He didn't expect that. Expect that. And I think we saw some of that um, the other night with Mendoza. But listen, I'm tipping my hat to Mendoza. Jeez, that, that guy. Is tough. Oh dude. my god. Tough. What a chin. Very durable. Fantastic conditioning. The only reason he saw the end of that fight was because he was in such good condition, and obviously he has a great chin. He's very durable, but he was just slippery enough, just herky jerky enough to make Zoo a little bit hesitant when he caught him on the ropes, and I think that's the the reason he survived. But good, good, dude, good on Mendoza. Dude. Yeah, he put on a hell of a performance. I I took um my parlay hit this week. I took uh, Janabek by stoppage, and I took um Zoo to go to the decision, and I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. This is going to be tough because Zoo should be able to, uh, you know, on paper, be able to take out Mendoza. Mendoza has never been knocked out before in a fight. Uh, you saw that. You saw why. I think his stock rose in a loss. Um, he showed you how you can, you know, lose a fight and still want to uh, get back into the picture at 154 and still stick around. I don't know how he took some of those shots. I think it was the eighth round, eighth or ninth round. He, hellacious, hellacious punishment. I actually thought Zoo was losing um, the first through five. I had Mendoza up three to two. It was mostly because Zoo just was kind of like, you know, I hate to use the term, downloading data. Much. Yeah, downloading the data, figuring it out. And then he just trusts his power so much, Zoo. And that's the big thing is that he has this devastating power. It was so fluid. Um, uh, a, a big 
uh, diversity of punches too, uppercuts, you know, yeah. hooks, yep. uh, everything off the jab he, he too. He loops, he loops the right hand too. He doesn't just throw it straight. He's got a very good choppy left hand and a right hand, excuse me. And he did that really well on the inside with with Mendoza when he caught him with a good shot. And he hurt him, and so he closed the distance. And he has that nice chopping right hook on the uh, from the from the backhand, which is hard to do. It's hard to find the range on a shot like that. And he does that really well. Yeah, he's the guy that um, was also bringing up Golovkin. You know, I want to I want to move to the states. I want all my fights, my remaining fights in my career, to be in Las Vegas or big fights. Love that answer, right? I'm Love with the PBC. Answer. I'm 28, 29 years old. It's time for the fight that we all want to see: Charlo versus Zhu at 154. Charlo is clearly the best fighter at 154. Zhu, every single fight is getting better at that weight. Make that fight next year, put it in Vegas, and get that going. But if Zoo doesn't get that, he's a guy that can move up to 160. You know, he's a guy that could contend for middleweight titles there. Um, I think the future is very bright for Tim Zoo. I think he's won over a lot of naysayers uh, who were there just a, maybe even a year ago against Gauchet when he was down in round one. He's just fought contender after contender, the right guys at the right time. Um, so I think Charlo is more than ready. It's like... Marinated isn't even the right word. That fight is it's in peril of of never happening and then it being a what if. But that fight should happen. Charlo yeah, and Yeah, I, I I am very pessimistic about that fight ever happening, ever coming off. But why is, why would you think optimistic. that? I, I think there's a lot of things that need to happen. You know, going up two weight classes is is no joke. Going right. backwards on the scale at, at 33 years old is no joke. Um and I love again, I I told you I like the things that, that Tim Zoo says. He goes Charlo's going to be on a honeymoon for the next year, spending that money, and that's the only way he's not going to be back for a while. He, so he's not waiting around for Charlo. I love that. He's yeah, he's going to go for the next next baddest dude. I think we might see a Lubin uh, Zoo fight. I love that um, fight. Lubin, I think that fight makes a lot of Even sense. Even though I don't um, know if Lubin won against the uh, Ramos. Correct, but it, it doesn't matter. He got the win. You know, his his box rec, his federal his federal uh, <laughs> record has a win his over, record. over Ramos. And that's going to push him forward, and and uh, that that fight could make a lot of sense. And then, yeah, I mean, there's there's some other guys in the division, but that fight, I think, based off of that that move, that if I'm if I'm Lubin's people, I'm pushing for that right away. Yeah, I saw someone put that in there. They should make an all 154 card. Um, there's still Brian Mendoza, like put him in there with Jesus Ramos. Jesus Ramos, put him in there mm -hmm. with anyone. That fight makes sense. Lubin has reestablished himself, even if he didn't think he won. I thought he looked really solid and he could put himself right in there zoo is now the the elevated wbo champs the full champ uh, so you got zoo mendoza fundora has got to get back into the mix get him back in there uh, you know he was winning that fight against mendoza until he got caught jesus ramos um israel madrimov uh charles conwell who just just never gonna get a big fight i feel like but he's very very good so one hundred four, one sixty. we never really talk about it on this show but this weekend you know, we had to because it was what was happening in boxing this weekend. I still think there's some fun fights. It's very easy to criticize the weight class, which everyone kind of does, and just kind of that's middleweight I'm talking about. But they kind of intertwine right now, 154 and 160, because I do agree that Charlo might be out for a while, and he's the main guy at 154, but Zoo can fill that void. Janabek at 160, some names in there, some fun names. Um, so that's that. Let's move on. Misfits, Chris. I know you were locked in on Saturday to the Misfits yeah. boxing. No, I just I didn't. I you didn't, didn't catch the, to watch. the tag team boxing. I don't even know what that is. What Bob is, Canobio, president of CompuBox, fan of tag team boxing. He was fan locked. Of, well, well, explain to me the rule set of tag team. Well, boxing. You're asking the wrong guy. It. It's two on two. It's just like WWE. Two on two. Tag them in. If you're getting hurt, you can run over and tag someone in. So when you were that's, fighting Ruslan Provodnikov. And he hits you with that shot, your eye blows up. Instead of taking a knee, you run over and you tag in your guy. And he... <laughs> oh, oh, that's I say, I say, I could, I could, I was confused. I thought that they would do it in between rounds. No, no, like they would fight around. It's like, oh, I got good momentum, I'll stay, and then, or it's like, oh, okay, I'm really tired, you go in now. But they literally do it during the round, during the during round, the action, bro. during the round. That's insanity. Insane. How, how, that must have been that must have been bedlam. That couldn't that could it have is gone bedlam. Smoothly. Okay, here's my main thing. I, I feel like every time there's a big influencer event, this is the biggest one of them all. This this prime card was the biggest influencer event in the history of their genre of boxing. Constantly asked about. I'm sure you are asked about it as well. If you were tuning in Saturday 
to watch technical high-class boxing, you're an idiot. Well, I mean, well, yeah. If you were tuning well, in for entertainment, if you were tuning no in... No one's pretending. No one's pretending right. this is high-class boxing. Right. If you were tuning in to, for entertainment, you're tuning in to laugh. You were tuning in to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm watching. You, got, you probably got your money's worth. Whether it was Dylan Dennis and the Logan Paul fight uh, ending in a disqualification. How much did it cost, by the way? I think it was 50 here, 55. But that's on top of your DAZN uh, subscription. Oh, yeah. Okay. Although I think there was ways, like on PPV.com, our friends were offering it uh, without a subscription. They are the best ah, in the biz. That's a nice little workaround. I yeah. like that. Yeah. PPV.com coming through once again. You don't need a subscription. Um, yeah, so if you were tuning in for like, oh, I want to watch some high-class boxing, you you were you didn't have a good time. If you were tuning in for Bedlam, tag team boxing, um, Salt Poppy got knocked out. Uh, there were some comebacks. I'm sorry, Ronnie. Um, but the main thing, or the main takeaway, or the biggest fight on that card was the Logan Paul Dylan Dennis. We knew about that. We knew about yeah. the lead up. We knew how personal it got. Logan Paul was suing Dennis because Dennis was posting pictures of uh, Logan Paul's fiance Nina Agdal. So they get in the ring, and it's just like the worst fight I think I've ever seen. Like, Dennis just shelled up the whole time, Chris. He literally threw, I think at one point, I think he threw 40 punches in six rounds. He shelled up, and he allowed Logan Paul to kind of tee off, but Logan Paul couldn't figure out how to properly attack a guy that is using earmuffs. So he was just blasting his arms, blasting the gloves. A few of them got through, and then a full-out melee occurs. Because Dennis tried to guillotine him. I saw that. I I did see the 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 ending. Sorry, go ahead. But Uh, weight class, I think they were just under two hundred. I think under. Dylan Dennis is not that big of a guy, right? No, Logan Paul is huge. Yeah, he's a the the Paul brothers are really big dudes. People, I don't know if people at home know that they're really big guys. I mean, I think everyone thinks Logan is like a really obviously he's big. He's a, a pro wrestler now. Um, and super Jack, but like Jake's really big too. The totally different body types, but those they, those are big humans. Yeah, they and were they big. Fight, they fight such small guys. <laughs> there, it, it was a weird fight. Like I think the influencer boxing scene kind of got a taste of what a lot of boxing fans were, have been uh, seeing and feeling for years now. That's a big time pay per view that doesn't live up to the hype, where you're kind of questioning why. Did you just spend 50 bucks? Uh, but my guy Fred Beck from Fred Talks Fighting, he is a, uh, a big-time uh, journalist, media guy on the scene over... Fred's, Fred's the man. You know Fred? Everyone know knows Fred. Fred. Everyone. He's like 18, 19 years old. Um, I wanted to ask him. I said, Fred, um, was the hardcore influencer boxing audience happy with that pay-per-view? He said, as a whole, I thought it delivered. Salt Poppy versus Slim, Dean versus Wallet were excellent fights as well as the tag team match. The main event was rather cagey which was dampered, dampened by the robbery of KSI. Oh, he's a big KSI guy. Um, Logan Paul did, did his job of performing, but Dylan didn't really show up. It was great to see the fight being 50-50 matchup and each fight being worthy of a main event. Normal boxing, only the main event is good, so it was misfits, good energy. I agree with them that. I agree with them there that um, it was full at the beginning of the night and, like, raucous for the first pay-per-view fight, for that tag team fight. <laughs> so sign for them. There is is a mixed bag. Like I do I think this is the end of Misfits or the end of influencer boxing? No, because I think it did over a million pay-per-view buys and it was on Sports Center, it was everywhere. But do I think like this is the first maybe crack in it where they're like, okay, if these fights don't actually deliver, then you know, people may not have buyers remorse and they, and they may not buy them. Ronnie, did you follow along? I know because it kind of like I saw ESPN was posting about it, uh, House of Highlights, stuff like that. And obviously the end of that fight with an all-out melee and just like a takedown and all that. Dylan Dennis tried to take him down, couldn't take him down. Tried to get him a guillotine, couldn't do that. He swung at a security guard and missed. Logan Logan can really wrestle. Like, and and I'm talking about pro wrestling. Like he can. I saw him. um, I saw him. I saw him wrestle with uh, I think Paulo Costa from uh, UFC. And it was like high level chain wrestling. So Logan Paul is a great athlete, terrible boxer, great athlete, good wrestler. Um, so Dylan Dan is trying to take him down and failing is not surprising to me. I at think all. Dylan Dan has held the biggest L in the history of combat sports. 
Really? Well, when you talk as much shit as that kid talks and never fights and never backs it up and can't back it up, yeah, you're going to take big L's. <laughs> Dude, he didn't. He he barely. I think he landed less than 20 punches. He tried to do a takedown and got stuffed. That's supposed to be his mm-hmm. game. He tried to do a standing guillotine and got stuffed. But Swang who, on a security guard, missed. But who it. was he before this fight? That's a good question. He's a jiu-jitsu that, guy. That security guard punch, because I only saw the melee, because there was, it was on everything. That security guard punch looked like it was in slow motion, but everything else was in real speed behind it. I was like, <laughs> I was like, is this a slow-mo video? No, the that's slow just, just how him slow down? this guy is. <laughs> Holy cow. That'll, watch that thing again and watch how slow that overhand punch is. It's, it, the security guard doesn't even blink. No. The punch is coming at him. He's like, all right, that's not that's, I that's think, really slow and it's way too short. <laughs> I think he had a, a pretty good opportunity to he put on a decent showing. He could have came back for more main he could this could have been his thing. Like he could have milked this for like three or four more more paydays. I don't think he'll ever be asked back because he didn't do anything. No, Dan, they'll use him. They'll use him. He he's gonna troll his way into another but, fight. He's gonna spend that's this what money I mean. to come like, back and that's the big that's gonna it's starting to see a little crack in the foundation if if they bring him back on the misfits. They're just, yeah. it's just, he was a nobody that just, like you just said, trolled his way there. Yes. Like, but I don't think he, I don't think he was going to get any fame from this. Well, he gained a million followers. Well, well yeah, but That's like, well, he got all the fame from talking trash about uh, his wife's fiance. <laughs> it's like WWE storylines. That's, yeah, that's insane. I but mean, he that, didn't do anything. I can, I can do it. Like, right. I can troll my way into like fighting Logan Paul one day. And he didn't do anything. He didn't like sell out. He went in there to knock it knocked out. And his formula was, all right, I'm going to go in there, knock it knocked out. And then I'm going to try my MMA moves. And he was going to hope that they worked. And he was going to say, look, I'm not even a boxing guy. And this guy could knock me out. And I put him in a guillotine. I I had him. I had him. I could have taken his head off. Because that's basically what Nate Diaz did, right? He was like, ah, I killed you in the second round. It's like, yeah. ah, dude, all right. It's a boxing match. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that. And then Dylan Dennis tried to do that route, too, and, and you fa- like you said, he failed. Right, and the main event was Tommy Fury and KSI, and I thought the Logan Paul fight was bad. That was the worst fight I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Was he said, bad? I felt that Logan Paul. <laughs> they were like, Dylan hold Dennis hold my beer. Bad. I'm going to go even lower. Yeah. Oh, you guys are terrible. Watch this. Yes, this watch this. Really it bad. was KSI doing some weird. Like he does, like a he jumps at. It's like a star. Like you know that um, technique. I don't know if they would even teach him. Oh, gyms. I think that's like a street move. Yeah, he was type. like doing this, and he was jumping at him, and they were holding. And Fury is horrible. All three Fury brothers, even the dad, was like, he stinks. Shane Fury was like Tommy did not look good. Tyson Fury didn't say anything at all. He just his face said it all. His dad's like could have went either way. Oh, so he, Tommy oh, Fury boy. beats KSI and like says he's he done. Could have gone either way with a YouTuber. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy Fury is a YouTuber. That's another thing. Like, stop saying like I'm gonna end YouTube well, boxing because yeah, that so ends I got, you. I got, I got asked. I got asked about that. Like, oh, what do you think about? You know, do you, do you think that um, Tommy Fury is gonna fight? You know, other real boxers. Now I'm like, what do you mean other real? He's not a real boxer. No, he's not. This he's, is... he's an influencer boxer. He's yep. not a real boxer. Stop. This is the his guy level. was on reality shows and 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 like the, on the dating bachelor shows like. He wants to be famous. He doesn't care about being a world champion. He just want to fight real. No, guys. I, 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 he's found his lane, and and it's good for him. You can make some money, and and that's what he is. But you know, that's it. <laughs> that he's not a real boxer, and, and afterwards he's like, I'm done with the YouTubers. I'm going to go on to more traditional route, like his traditional route. Like people forget reality TV. No, go reality TV. Even if his traditional <laughs> boxing route, people forget that he was fighting on like those Queensberry Friday night cards, and he wasn't even the main event on those. You know, so his traditional, bo- you don't go backwards. You don't go from that event, which was a million do- a million pay-per-view event. You're the, you're the uh, main event. Of it. You're the lead guy. You don't go backwards to small hall shows, Queensberry promotions. It's the only lane he fits in is, is this influencer boxing thing. Like you said, you better hope that you, you, don't, you don't end YouTube boxing because that's <laughs> where you belong. Yeah, that would be bad for him. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting weekend. Um afternoon in the states you know a lot of boxing fans or at least on my uh, feed were tuned in and they had a lot to say but i think the ultimate takeaway was like all right finally you guys can finally you can see that some a lot of these big pay-per-views very rarely live up to the hype and you might have had a little bit of buyer's remorse do i think it's going to stop these fights from happening again absolutely not they printed money that night there was a twenty-one thousand people there um the gate is going to be huge the pay-per-view is going to be over a million they're talking about it on every major platform, Sports Center, all that. 
So it so ain't going anywhere. Who watches these fights? Like, who's it for? It's for the influencer crowd. It's their fans. It's there. It's the followers of the guy, like fighters. Salt Poppy followers, yeah. Dean the yeah. Great. I don't even like. It's it's the guy. It's it's the it's the fans who sit there and watch their Salt vlog. Poppy play video games. That's why yes, it's those I guess. people. And that's a that, there's a lot of those yeah. people. There's yeah. a lot of those. No, people and I think there's things that games. boxing can take from it, like boxing. Obviously, not nothing in the ring, and, and all that stuff was uh, was a joke. But in terms of building a fighter's following, mm-hmm. like if you're a fighter out there and you're a legit guy, like an Ammo Williams or someone coming up, like put out, like hire a videographer and like get people to care about you, get people to care about your personal story. So eventually, they just keep following you. But it's hard to do both, right? Because you would attest to this. Yeah, but it's so it's so cringy though. That's, that's very cringy. The issue. It's you, like, what's the it's ultimate goal very, though? Very cr- Make money. Goals to make money, sure, but like, listen, you have a legacy. I don't know. I'm I'm old school. I got a legacy. I want to be known for what I'm known for. I don't want to be uh, the, the the cringe guy. I'm, I don't want to be that. <clears throat> I, I don't know. Not I don't all want of it's my cringe. To be that. Listen, money's great, but like, I got a legacy. Uh, I, I I'm very proud of everything I've done. I would I would I don't know. It'd be tough for me. To, I sleep well at night. Let me put it that way. Mm. I sleep very well at night with what I've done in, in in the sport and what people think of me as. And if I was one of those guys who was, you know, had a camera crew chasing them around all the time, I, I don't know. I, Some I, of it's I, I wouldn't be able to look. My, I wouldn't be able to look myself in the mirror the same way. No, I, I hear you. A lot of fighters have the same thoughts as you. Um, they want to just focus on boxing. They don't let their promoter promote and let me fight. I also don't want my entire life on on social media. I don't want everyone to know what I'm doing all the time. I don't want people to know where I am. That's generations. Like, Different yeah, generations. I, 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 very different generation. I'm I'm not that way. I am the opposite. I, I I would rather be rich than famous. You know, now people, kids want to be famous. Mm. And well, before you know, money they, becomes yeah. later, but they'd rather be famous. Yeah. They, they want to be celebrities before they make money, which, which is crazy to me. But, I'm trying to think uh, of yeah. a, guy, a fighter oh, today that here. kind of blends it together. Um, probably Ryan Garcia. I was just going to say Ryan. But even he just, he put out over the weekend and he's tired of social media. He's like, I used to think social media. I used to think social media first, then boxing. Um but now I'm the opposite. Now you want to win a world title, but maybe he Mark Castro. Mark Castro does a good a good job too. I think he's uh he's got a pretty strong social media following, and he could really fight. He trains yeah. hard. Haney too. Uh-huh. Haney's got over a million on Instagram and Tank, but they're not putting out daily like vlogs and stuff. They're not streaming. They're no. like you know they're so, well. I love Tank because Tank doesn't. He, you don't know nothing. what's going on in his personal life at all. I love that. He just shows up when it's time to fight. He's like, all right, I'm back in on fight week, and then goes and knocks somebody out. Well, he just out has – he's a freak. He, he just has an insane following no matter what he does. No matter what we post about him, goes crazy. Like, people have such an interest in him. So I, I think he's the rare exception where he doesn't have to do well, the anything. The thing about him is what I take from him is when I see his interviews and any kind of dealings that he, he's a genuine dude. Yeah. And he's just – he's very honest. He's very raw. Um, he seems very respectable, too. It's just, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. I mean – and then he's got his out of the ring troubles, which everyone always loves to hear about and talk about. So there's always that. That's his promotion. Um, well, yeah, in yeah, a way, but... that is his promotion. Um, but that was this weekend over on the Misfits, not going away. Uh, I was on Reddit. I was looking around for some topics, and I found a pretty interesting question. Before we get to our Rocky review, this one's for you, Chris. What's the best and most effective boxing style of all time, and why? This guy loved Bivol style. What do you think is the most effective boxing style in the history of boxing? Uh, I I always like the Cuban style of boxing. Interesting. You know, defense first. I always like that style. What is the Cuban of, style? Uh, Cuban style. Very difficult oh, style to beat. Um, it's 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 a lot of defense, a lot of countering. Um, not a ton of punches, but score, win, move on, don't get hit, don't mm-hmm. take damage. They, I think for the first few years of, of Cuban school of boxing, they, they don't even teach punches. Everything is defense. Mm. There's like there's a bunch of defensive maneuvers. Right? It's just like everything's defense, 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 defense. Don't get hit, don't get hit, don't get hit. Um, hit and don't be hit is what, what the sport really is. Yeah. Um, and it's honestly, I mean, it's it's a low energy style too. So it can last for 12 rounds or 15 rounds. Oh, yeah. I think of as Rigandow. Well, Rigandow, man. I he mean, ruined it. I remember the... I remember him. I was in the room when he beat Nonito Donaire. Yeah, is that Radio City? I, I was being, there. I remember being terrified and being like, "Guys can fight like that, like they can be that good." His balance, his coordination, his ability to make Donaire miss. Donaire is a killer puncher, and for him to just load up on shots and because Rigadio can punch too. I mean, he really loads up on his shots, but he's able to do that because his balance and his defense are that good. Yeah, He'll load up with that left hand and throw a thing from everywhere. 
and uh very very tricky dangerous guy but yeah that that's that's i think the most effective style because listen if you can't hit a guy you can't win yeah but if you don't i'm looking at like what the judges are favoring these days and it's aggression and it's um pressure even if they're not landing um mm -hmm. cuban style is very effective and i think it, i was learning from bob santos who's a trainer now of morel the trainer Good of trainer. Uh, uh, some, uh, other big Cuban guys. And I was at an MVP show, and he was telling me that we are trying to get rid of the stigma around the Cuban style that you just brought about, that Cuban style of of defense first, kind of like, in lack of better terms, kind of stinking it out and getting a 12-round decision. He's trying to get rid of that. He's trying to um, teach more front foot, you know, teach both. You know, a mixture of the Cuban style. Uh, who we're seeing from Morel, who's a very good defensive fighter, but is a lot more aggressive than Rigondeaux, a lot more aggressive than yeah, Lara. I, I heard that Morel, even in the amateurs, was very much professional okay. and very aggressive. Very, well, that's because there's been a philosophy change. That's something that Paulie was telling me, too, that they changed the way Olympics are scored. They changed the way the amateurs are scored, where they're not just going by, you know, uh, the fencing way of scoring it. They're, mm -hmm. they're looking for professional, uh, the way professionals are scored or judged i should say and that's being more offensive minded some other styles out there though there's obviously mayweather style which is uh hit and don't get hit it's kind of like the, the the cuban style there's the, um, the problem with the mayweather style is you, you got to be floyd mayweather everyone who's tried it doesn't doesn't do it the way he does it he so this is and i, I brought this up talking to people before and they're like oh wow if you look at, at floyd's dimensions in terms of his body he's got a very short torso He's got very long arms. He's five foot seven. He's got a seventy-three inch reach. Very, very long arms. So that a bit that that shoulder up, his elbow is down to his hip. My elbow's not down to my hip. My arms aren't that long. I have a long torso. I, I have long arms, but I have a long torso. Right. So, but for him, he has such a short torso. He's a very high belly button, and he has long arms. That elbow's already. He's got that shoulder up to his chin, but his elbow's already down to his hip. There's there's nowhere to hit. So guys, I remember Andre Berto was fighting out of that style when he fought. I, for, I forgot who he fought. He just took a beating. Because his arms are too short. You can't do this. He's got these big, bulky arms. And, yeah, that's good for blocking. But then also you, you got body shots on both sides. You don't have the reactions he has. Um, and so, yeah, if the, the Mayweather style is is you got to be Mayweather. And that's, I, I don't even consider that a style. What I know, would you I know consider it's like Tia Fimo's? like, oh, the Floyd Mayweather style, you know? What would you consider Tia Fimo's style? Because I feel like it's low output. Um, he does have an emphasis on uh, defense. He doesn't really jab. But it, he throws a lot of power. He's an athlete. He yeah. fights like he fights like an athlete. He's very, very athletic. Um, his his ability to change direction and change weight and his balance and his power, his timing, um, his ability to judge distance. He's just a super athlete. Um, you've seen the kid throw football and catch a football. Like he's he can really he's an athletic guy. He's a specimen. And um, yeah, I, I I look at a guy like Ammo Williams, similar to he's just a very athletic guy, and he he's, he carries over because Ammo doesn't even have that much boxing experience. But he is a, a tremendous physical talent. Yeah, a lot of these answers. It's an interesting thread. Uh, Marvin Hagler, uh, someone responded with traditional boxing style, throwing shots the way you're taught in the gym. Uh, then he added switch hitting late into his game. Uh, Lennox Lewis was the boxer that had all the stats maxed out. I bet trainers dream of a guy like him joining the gym. Bud Crawford, switch hitting. Like another guy. Like he's, His style is Bud Crawford. Like you got to be Bud Crawford to have that style. Bud's an alien. Bud's an alien, but it's all you can't even. That's not you can't you can't Pacquiao. You can't mimic Pacquiao's style. You can't mimic Bud's style. You you, you got to be Bud. Bud made his own style. He's his own guy. You, you can't you can't be like that. Yeah. Um, switching switching styles. I mean switching stances. Ronnie's thinking of something. It's not it's not taught because it's it's almost impossible to master. What you have something? No, I was just thinking like I mean I guess to be great you have to be unique. Yes. There, that's why they say styles make fights in boxing because there isn't one specific style that every fighter uses yeah. or to be the most boring the, sport in the world. That's the most beautiful thing about this sport. Yes. You've got Willie Pep, you've got Sugar Ray Leonard, and you got Mike Tyson. You've got three different guys, three different body types, three different skill sets in terms of their physical attributes. All of them great fighters. All of them will go down in history as great fighters. All of them world champions. All of them have their own style. They found a way. That's the beautiful thing about boxing. There, it's, This is not... This is not a 20 or 40 yard dash. There, there is no perfect way to get there. You know, with a 40 yard dash, you have very little time to make a mistake. Everything has to be literally perfect. And you just and you just practice yeah. that. Plus, you have to have obviously the physicality. But boxing's not like that. Willie Pep wasn't fast. Willie Pep wasn't strong. Willie Pep was just good. He found what worked for him. He had great endurance. Mike Tyson, 
you know, obviously we know what Mike is. With the and then you got sugar was more in the middle. Sugar, sugar, sugar is the like I think like the perfect boxer puncher. Mm. Like he's just he had very good boxing skills, offense, defense, great jab, um, right hands, left hooks, like everything fundamentally sound. Um, and then he just had a dog in him too. He had a good chin. He had a dog. He had a, a killer instinct. Um, that's that's another very distinct style about the boxer puncher. It's a great question by Barry on Reddit, and there really is no answer. Um, a lot of the answers no, this, are this, jab. This is a this is a barbershop debate for yeah. for for. Till it depends the on what you like. You know that's the, that's the that's why judging and and so that's why the sport is so subjective. That's why mm. judging is so subjective because there's judges out there that have a criteria. You know, it's effective aggression, it's clean punching, it's defense. Mm -hmm. But then, like in the what creeps into their mind is what they think is the best way to fight, and right. what they think is they did very rarely go by the four criterias, and they just started. I what I've noticed though trends is that judges really go for the aggressor. If you are moving forward. And you're not landing, and the guy is landing off his back foot, but it doesn't. He's not giving the impression that he's trying to win the fight. They'll always go for the aggressor. The eye test. Yes. Yeah. I I hate that. I mean, it made me change my style in my yeah. Fighter, fighters like you know judges, with your style. I knew I knew the judges weren't seeing what I was doing. There's so many nuanced things that are going on, and I didn't have the name like a Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins was able to extend his career because he changed his style up. He was much more of a boxer puncher going, you know, coming up. And then it became really tricky and fleet-footed and 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 very very nuanced in terms of his. Every, he didn't throw a lot of punches at the end of his career, but he did a lot of things in the ring, a lot of feints, a lot of step, a lot of footwork, a lot of things. Those are all things that I did throughout my career. And I'm like, judges aren't seeing this. They're not seeing how much work I'm doing each and every round. They're only seeing that I'm not coming forward right. and that I'm landing jabs from the outside and countering guys and, and and keeping them, keeping them from being getting anywhere near me or being able to hit me. Um, and it made me. I mean, I had to change my style because I, I was gonna. I was gonna lose these fights. Adapt or die. The reason I brought up that the Cuban style because I loved. I think defense is everything. And if you always look, the top of the pound for pound lists are always guys with great defense. Yep. Defense, defense, defense. The, you know the, the old saying: defense, uh, offense wins games. Defense wins championships. It's it's <clears> very true in boxing. And you're gonna if you want to have a long career, defense matters. So for me, a, a style that is defensive. Look at Shakur Stevenson. Why am I so high on Shakur Stevenson? Yeah. The guy does not get hit. The guy does not get hit. It's the most How sustainable do you thing. Hit? It's the most sustainable you can't trait. Can't beat a ghost. Yep. Can't agree. beat a ghost. It's the most sustainable trait you can have is the defense. It can take you to the top. It can keep you in the sport. It can make for fun fights. But you put Stevenson in with a clone of himself. It's not a really exciting fight. You put Stevenson mm -hmm. in there with a Tank Davis. A seek and destroy mm -hmm. guy, then you got yourself a fight. That's why styles make fights. That's why there isn't just one most effective style ever, but there are some good. It's, it turns. It's like personal preference. It's whatever you enjoy. Also, Chris, defense is the most difficult thing to be good at. Yeah, because it's almost got, like innate, got, right? You got a major league pitcher who's standing eighteen inches away from you throwing fastballs, and you got to make you got to make a miss. <laughs> and you don't, and you don't got a bat. You got your and face. You don't got a bat. Got your you face. Got your face. The money maker. Final. I like that segment. Funny. 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 And final segment, why Ronnie is on camera. It's the Rocky review. We waited one year in between Rocky no, movies. It hasn't been a year. <laughs> At least. I think we did it in November or October of oh last year. We did Rocky 1 after a much <laughs> long anticipated time off. Yeah. Rocky 2. And, and from what I remember, Ronnie was not a big fan of Rocky. No. So take us through it. Rocky 1, you said, would you give it? Two pack of ass? <laughs> Dude, I honestly don't even remember the. I, did I even give a rating? I don't even know. No, but you weren't that great high on it. I wasn't that high on it, but also I'm not the same man that I was. Wow. When I watched Rocky mm. One, so you're almost like Rocky. We're, we're seeing growth here. You're almost yeah, like Rocky in yeah. in Rocky Two. I, I see myself I in Rocky. I'm dialed in. Right, Rocky so Two, I enjoyed a lot more. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I loved the the continuation mm. that the end of Rocky mm -hmm. One was the start of Rocky 2. Right, there was no like time off. There was no time off. There wasn't like, oh, you know, three months later. It was just, boom, Adrian, where's Adrian, you know? Um, that was awesome. And then them kind of like talking crap right after. I'm like, oh, you know, th there ain't going to be more rematch. We're like, I'll fight you right now in the wheelchairs. Right. That was cool. Right. But then after that, there was a long stretch without boxing that I noticed. And it was more of like, a, I liked he got the money mm -hmm. and spent it all. Got the bag. Got that cool tiger jacket, which I saw it. I was like, that's a great Halloween costume. I bet you it's like been done so <laughs> many times before. Yeah. But the fedora tilted, tilted. with the black, mm -hmm. the black tiger jacket, that was pretty cool. And then 
him, t- you know, making ends meet. That was cool, whatever. We saw a lot more of a softer Rocky. Got married, had mm. a kid. Right. Spoilers, obviously. Adrian got, gets into the coma. And he's, Tough. he's crying by Tough her bedside. Tough scene. Bedside. While he's yeah, trying the to... The movie's 40 years old. I don't think spoilers really matter. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> who, who are we talking about here? Rocky? And then all this is happening as he's trying to get back to fight Creed. And it's like, how is he going to do it? He His head wasn't in it from the start until she said, go win. Go win. I, I saw that coming. They but played I, that at Yankee Stadium before a big rally. Really? Yeah. Go win? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, wow. I never even noticed yeah. that. They have a whole montage when the yeah. Yankees are down by one and going into the ninth, and they end it with, go win. Wow. <laughs> I, see, look, now I know. Yeah. But um, the fight, <laughs> one thing about the fight that I just don't understand is Rocky got so many punches in the face. He just didn't have his <laughs> hands up. <laughs> Defense wins championships, <laughs> not for Rocky. Dude, he was just taking jabs, just like, bop, 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 hey, bop, yo, Adrian. bop. Yo, Just, so I'm glad you brought that up. I actually went, during COVID, I went and counted all the Rocky fights, CompuBox. That's how bored I was. And it blew that's up. That's awesome. It blew I mean, up. It made our server crash on the CompuBox <laughs> website. So many, Max Kellerman retweeted it. It, wow. it went everywhere. Um, Creed outlanded Balboa 61 to 7 in the first round, 26 to nothing to open the fight. Dude. <laughs> it's 61 it was, to 7. He was he just wearing 61 fights. punches in the first round. 61. Um, Creed outlanded Balboa 92 to 37 over the first two rounds. Rocky landed five punches after the first knockdown. Obviously, then Rocky, he finds himself back in it. But what you're all talking about, Chris, you would know this better than anyone as a fighter. It's like you got to know, like, the the side of the human side of yes. Rocky. You also, like, that story is as old as time. Like, fighter yeah. wins fight, gets a lot of money, loses mm-hmm. all his money, mm-hmm. uh, has to get, fight loses again. Loses all the fame. Loses yeah. all the fame. Has, has to, to. Only thing he has left is fighting to get he back. He has to reprove only, only himself. They know, only, only thing they know. You got to go back to it. The, it's the it's the 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 pugilist paradox. Yep. Wow. My favorite part was the race on the ropes to get back up. That was yeah, beautiful. I mean, that's one way to do it. He could have easily like just made it a knockdown at the end of Apollo. But the fact that they both went down and they're both like mm-hmm. five, six, and they're both just trying to get to the top the of the rope. Has that ever happened in boxing? Nah, no, no, no. no. The closest no, thing I ever saw to Rocky. No, no, no. The closest thing I ever saw to Rocky was Con- Mick Conlon versus Lee Wood. Mm. When he knocked him down the first round, like they were going back and forth, and then Lee Wood had a crazy comeback and then knocked Conlon out of the ring and he fell into his dad's arms. <laughs> like that's the closest crazy. thing I mean, we'll get to a real life Rocky. That's almost biblical. It was or something any like Arturo Gotti fight. Any Arturo Gotti fight. But the, in <laughs> terms of Arturo like the stuff you see in the ring has never happened like in Rocky fights. That's probably the the part about it that I think most boxing fans are like they kind of look past that. Mm-hmm. They what they gravitate to is the the storylines. Right. The like what we just talked about the you know down and out Rocky. He had a whole career before Rocky won. That's the he was like a, yeah. a journeyman. Yeah. He had like 12 losses mm-hmm. and then he somehow finds a way to Little known fact. Little known fact that that the heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky Balboa, had 12 losses yep. before Chuck uh, Webner. getting the uh, That's the, the real fight. Rocky. Chuck Webner. That's what you got to watch next is the Ooh, Bayonne, Bayonne Bleeder. Bleeder right? yeah. Yeah. The Bayonne, they did the real Wait. Rocky. There's a guy Bayonne, out there. Bayonne, New Jersey? Yeah. There's a guy out there named Chuck Webner <laughs> who was the inspiration behind Rocky. And mm-hmm. Rocky watched one of his fights and then wrote Rocky. And then Webner found out about it and was like, what the hell? Give me my money. And Rocky was like, no, 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 it's not really you. He was like just lying to the guy. It's clearly him. What? The guy was like blood and guts, Jersey fighter, down and out. He was like a, a salesman in between. He was selling like uh, liquor or something. And uh, finally they let him in. They gave him a cut, but nothing near what he actually deserves. Like We're talking about a billion-dollar franchise. Did, did Webner have a big fight? He fought uh, Ali. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He fought Ali and went to distance. That, 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 that's, that pretty much is the, the Apollo Creed. That yeah. is, that is wow. Apollo. Apollo is Ali. Wow. Chuck uh, yeah, Webner. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on. Uh, it's a 30 for 30. It's called The Real Rocky. And then uh, Showtime a made a whole show with um, our guy, Lee Schreiber, plays mm. uh, Chuck Webner. Because he had a Creed. He went to prison. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yep. It's called, uh, I forgot what it was, Chuck. It's called. It's called Chuck. Yeah. He Chuck. went to prison yep. Yep. for all sorts of crimes and stuff. It's, it's wild. But. Rocky 2 you like. I like. And it made me like Rocky 1 more. 
Okay, so yes, now that's that's what they do. That's yeah. what they do. The movies, <laughs> yeah. because they're sequential and because they build, mm-hmm. you you get a better understanding yeah. of of the prior movies when you when you watch when you go on. So yeah. Rocky Three is when I think things go get haywire. Yeah. I think that's when it turns haywire. in it turns into less of the stuff that you don't like with like the character development and like very little boxing to it just being like a car. It just turns into like. It's Americanized. Well, okay. It, it turns it turns into what we're seeing with misfits. Like we've yeah. got, oh. you know, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's in it. Mr. You know? T. <laughs> Thunderlips. Don't want to give away too much. It becomes more of a blockbuster. Yeah. Then after three, they're just chasing something insane. After that, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're chasing, they're chasing the dragon. They're just chasing the dragon. <laughs> yeah, they got so far away from what it originally was that, like, all right, now we have to make it bigger. We have to make it bigger. We have to make it crazier. We have to find even crazier opponents. The, monta- the montages have to be longer and more intense. <laughs> I mean, intense. it's the classic. I mean, it's like Fast and Furious. And first, it was yeah. like all about racing. Now, Fast and Furious sends like aliens or they're in space or right. something. Like that. Well, the but thing, like, but like Creed, I feel like I like Creed. <laughs> Um, because it kind of went back, back to basics. Okay, the they original back, Creed yeah. goes back to basics. I can't wait to get to the Creed part. I, you got to get through some 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 hairy moments with the Rocky. Like okay. three, three, four, five is good. There's a Rocky. We Gumball almost got shut down there. after one. What do you mean? We're in trouble, Dan. Yeah, he didn't want, we, what we do you mean? We almost got shut down after he watched the first one. Right, 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 right. The, 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 this this whole run that we're doing, we almost got shut down after if the yeah. first one. It took a year for him to watch number yeah. two. No, but I'm. I'm I'm back. You're back, and they're on Netflix. All right. And they're on Netflix. Is three on there? No, I saw two on YouTube. It was free on YouTube. Wow. I got to watch three. I haven't seen three in such a long I time. I kind of, like, gloss over three. Three, I feel like, is yeah, the one no one really, one like, takes seriously because four was so good. Mm. Four is it was the calm before the storm. Four is Drago. I, I've heard of Drago. That's the, the Russian, yeah. you know, buzz cut. The, he's like a machine. He's a machine. He is. Yeah. He's I awesome. can't. I and can't it's, wait. It's it's Dolph Lundgren and Dolph Lundgren's awesome. Yeah, that's the Played guy by plays Dolph him. Lundgren, the actor. All right, that's our show. Rocky two thumbs up from Ronnie. Uh, a weird and wacky show this week. We'll be back next week with even more weird and wild stuff in the world of boxing. Chris, any final remarks? No, this is this is this is a fun show. We 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 shot from the hip. We always say like, oh, we don't have that much news to talk about. That's when we talk the most. That's right. We, All that's when we have the, the most fun debate yeah. about Cuban style boxing and mm-hmm. what wins. I love that and misfits. All right, everybody, we'll be back next week. Protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Stay out of those DMs. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>